Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Well, good morning, everybody. Like Spencer said, my name is Leah, and it's an honor to be here speaking with all of you guys this morning. If you don't know me, I have been working here at Southside for nine years now, and I've been attending for 21 years. So some of you guys might be meeting me for the very first time this Sunday, and yet others of you might still remember me more like this. Yes, I was a beauty. Don't be deceived, nothing has changed about me. I've just grown up a little bit. Little life update, last year I got married to Henry and it was great, it was a beautiful day and it's been an amazing year, but probably the most sig- Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Probably the most significant thing that has happened is that I also inherited a cat through marriage. His name is Dennis. Yes, he is grumpy and he's fluffy and he's cute. We love him. And so that's our family. It's me, it's Henry, it's Dennis. But we do have a bit of announcement for you guys today, a bit of an update. Little baby Dirksen. Yes. We're excited to welcome baby Dirksen into the world in February, but I do have to ask you guys to pray for me because on both sides of the family, the Ween side and the Dirksen side, we have a history of enormous babies. (laughs) Yes, Henry and his brother were 10 and 11 pounds, yes. And on my side of the family, like babies average out more around nine pounds, but our fun thing is that Ween's babies have huge heads. I remember my mom showed me once a chart and it showed like the average size of a baby's head when it's born, I guess. And then there was like this natural curve and then there was my head and it was this line that went up through the average graph line off of the chart and off of the page. So that's something to look forward to. I'm smiling now, but I might not be smiling in February. So pray for me. I could use all the divine intervention that I can get. So that is a family update from me. As for working here, I oversee the service experience. So everything that takes place in this room and online, and I work with some incredible staff and amazing volunteers in production, in worship, in audio. And our heart every single week is just that through creativity and excellence and putting together a service that we believe points people to God and honors him, that you would experience him in a real way, that you would grow in your understanding of how much he loves you and how much he cares for you. And so it's an amazing thing to be a part of. It's an honor. And it's also an honor to be able to speak with all of you guys here this morning as well. So I'm going to be carrying on through our journey through the book of John, and I'm going to be picking up where we left off and reading John chapter 16. So I'm going to read a few of the verses to you guys here this morning, and then we'll jump into the message. And just some context for you, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. John 16, 1 to 14 says, I've told you these things to prepare you for rough times ahead. They're gonna throw you out of the meeting places. There will even come a time when anyone who kills you will think he's doing God a favor. They will do these things because they never really understood the Father. I've told you these things so that when the time comes and they start in on you, you'll be well warned and ready for them. But now I'm on my way to the one who sent me. Not one of you has asked where are you going. Instead, the longer I've talked, the sadder you've become. So let me say it again, this truth, it is better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come, but if I go, I'll send him to you. When he comes, he'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He'll show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin. 
that righteousness comes from above, where I am with the Father, out of sight and control. That judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen, and indeed out of all that I have done and said. He will honor me, he will take from me and deliver it to you. So Jesus is speaking to his disciples in this passage, and in many ways it's a farewell discourse. This is taking place on the night before he's gonna be crucified, and so Jesus is saying goodbye to his disciples. He's telling them that he is going to be leaving them. He's gonna be going back to the Father. But Jesus takes it a step further, and he tells them that not only is he leaving them, but it's actually better for them that he leaves. And this would be incredibly hard to take as a disciple of Jesus. I mean, you just spent years of your life walking and talking and existing and being friends with the most powerful, the most personal, the most miracle-working person on the planet. You just spent years of your life with the power, the presence, and the person of God right beside you. I feel like, my, is my mic okay, David? Good, there we go, better. You just spent years of your life with the power, the presence, and the person of God right beside you, and not only that, but he was your friend, he was with you, he was for you. It'd be so hard to imagine anything as exciting and as fulfilling as that kind of a life. But Jesus is saying in this passage that there actually is something better than that. There's something better than the power, the presence, and the person of God right beside you. And it's the power, the presence, and the person of God within you. See, God is actually three persons in one. Some people describe it like an egg, which I recognize is a very oversimplified way to describe the God of the entire universe, but it makes sense to me, so we're gonna run with it. And an egg has an egg shell, an egg white, and an egg yolk, and all those things are separate, but they all make up one egg. And in the same way, God is three persons and one God. There's God the Father, there's Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. And when we put our faith in Jesus, we're reconciled to God the Father, and we are sent the gift of the Holy Spirit, and God comes and he dwells and he lives within us. And so what Jesus is telling his disciples in this passage is that it actually is better for them that he leaves, because when he leaves, he's gonna send back to them the Holy Spirit. And now the presence, the person, and the power of God is no longer just gonna be beside them. He is gonna come and he is gonna dwell and he is gonna live within them. And this is incredible news because it's the exact same truth that applies to us. When we accept Jesus into our life, when we put our faith in him, whether you put your hand up at the end of church one Sunday, or maybe you prayed that prayer in your car or in your room, or maybe uh, an aunt or an uncle or your mom or your dad prayed that prayer over you when you were younger. As soon as you put your faith in Jesus, you have been sent the gift of the Holy Spirit. The power, the presence, and the person of God has come, and he dwells and he lives inside of you. And the Bible describes the Holy Spirit in so many different ways. He's called our guide, our helper, our comforter, our strength. But I love how Jesus describes the Holy Spirit in this passage. He calls him our friend. The Holy Spirit, God in you and God in me, he is your friend, he is my friend. I love when it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 11, says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. See, the Holy Spirit knows all of the deep things of God and he knows all of the deep things of you. 
He knows your past, all of it. He knows your story. He knows your context. He knows your deepest fears. He knows your greatest insecurities. He knows your greatest desires and longings. And the Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God. He knows God's thoughts about you, God's purposes for you, God's great love for you, God's presence and how close he is to you. And the Holy Spirit exists as our friend to come and to connect the deep parts of us with the deep parts of God. And there's this amazing and this profound thing that happens when we're connected to the deep parts of God. We find this healing and this purpose and this love and this freedom that can only be found when we are in connection with the God who loves us and who created us. And the Holy Spirit exists, he is our friend and he comes to make that connection. But you know, sometimes I think we struggle, at least I know I do, to see the Holy Spirit, to see God as our friend. You know, if I took any of your phones this morning and I started scrolling through your messages, especially for like the younger people in the room, I would immediately be able to tell who your closest friends are. They'd be the people that you send the most messages to, the people you send the most TikToks to. They'd be the people that you talk to about every aspect of your day, how good your lunch was, how annoying your work day was. They'd be people that you communicate to with absolutely no filter and no fear of judgment because there'd be this understanding between the two of you that you are friends. And yet sometimes it's so hard to connect with and to talk to and to relate to God in this way. And yet that's exactly how God wants to connect with you. He wants to be intricately involved in every single aspect of your life. And although friendship here on this earth is so, so important, there's no person that can speak to the deep places in your heart and satisfy the deep places in your soul like God can. He wants to enhance your joy and your happiness. He wants to give you strength when you're feeling weak. He wants to comfort you when you're sad. He wants to guide you when you're confused. He wants to be your friend in a way that only he can truly be your friend. And so that's what I wanted to unpack this morning. I wanna talk about how the Holy Spirit, how God within you shows you that he is your friend. And so I'm gonna go through three ways that the Holy Spirit shows us that he's our friend this morning. And the first is that he shows us he's our friend by speaking with us. You know, God wants to speak with you. He wants to have a dialogue with you, talking and listening, which means that God actually wants to hear from you. And he doesn't wanna hear from the filtered, sanitized, perfected version of you. He wants to hear from the real you in the same way that you would connect with and talk to and relate to one of your closest friends. You know, I find myself filtering myself before God a lot. I'll start thinking things like, you know, I shouldn't complain about this, I should be more grateful. Or I shouldn't be sad about this, people are going through much harder things than I'm going through in this moment. And I'm not suggesting that we abandon gratitude or lose perspective in our lives, but I do think we lose out when we don't approach God with our honest selves. Because when we do, and when we're authentic and honest before him, it just gives him an opportunity to be there for us, right where we're at, and to reach out to us in just the way that we need him to. And you know, you don't need to shout for God to hear you. You don't need to string together a really flowery sentence with a bunch of these and thous. God is so close to you and he just wants to hear from you. I remember someone saying once that prayer or talking to God is just deep thought before God. 
It's just inviting him in. It's just bringing him close. It's just bringing him into your everyday life, and he longs to be a part of it. I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. It says, we never need shout across the spaces to an absent God. He is nearer than our own soul. He is closest, closer than our most secret thoughts. One of the coolest things about God, in my humble opinion, is that he doesn't just listen to us, he also speaks. He speaks to you and he speaks to me and he doesn't just speak in generalities to this ambiguous they, he speaks in specifics to you and he speaks in specifics to me. I love what it says in the passage that we just read, John 16, 13. It says, when the friend comes, he will take you by the hand and he will guide you into all the truth there is. The Holy Spirit wants to take you specifically by the hand personally and he wants to speak with you. He wants to guide you today, tomorrow, and forever. But what does the Holy Spirit want to talk to us about? You know, I just said that God wants to be intricately involved in every single aspect of your life, and it's true. But there's just one thing that I wanted to highlight this morning. One area that I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you in, and it's what we just read in that passage, John 16, 13. The Holy Spirit wants to take you by the hand, and he wants to guide you into the truth. See, God has spoken so many truths over us. We'll just put them up here. But the Bible tells us that we have an enemy, the devil, and that he's described as being a liar and a deceiver. And so many times between us and the truths of God, the enemy will come and he'll place a lie. And so often it's easier to reach and it's easier to grasp the lie than it is to see and look past and take hold of what is really true. But the Holy Spirit comes as our friend and he takes us by the hand and he leads us through the lie and he guides us to the truth. So even this morning, you might be wrestling with a thought, you might be wrestling with a lie. As I'm speaking about the closeness and the friendship of God and his desire to know you, the real you, you might already be thinking something like, well, that's really cool, but that definitely doesn't apply to me. Like I've made way too many mistakes, I'm way too dirty, I'm way too far gone for a close friendship with God. But the Holy Spirit wants to take you by the hand and he wants to guide you to the truth in Romans 8 that says, absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God. That you specifically are a forgiven, blameless child of God that he calls you friend. And where the enemy comes and tells you that you're too weak, you're too unqualified, you're not strong enough or good enough for the purpose-filled plan that God has for your life. The Holy Spirit wants to take you by the hand and lead you to the truth that says where you are weak, he is strong. And you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And where the enemy comes and tells you that you were rejected, the Holy Spirit wants to take you by the hand and guide you to the truth that you were not rejected, you were redirected. He'll lead you to Proverbs 16:9, which says although a person makes his plans, God directs their steps. He has been directing you, he will continue to direct you, and he has good plans for your life. And when the enemy comes and he makes you feel stuck in your shame over a bad habit or a behavior or a bad decision, the Holy Spirit will come and he'll take you by the hand and he'll guide you to the truth, he'll wrap you in his love. And in his kindness, in his forgiveness, in his gentleness, he will show you a way out. And when the enemy comes and tells you that you've fallen into obscurity, that your life is mundane and bordering on meaningless, 
the Holy Spirit will take you by the hand and he'll remind you of the truth that your everyday obedience and even your seemingly mundane moments are masterpieces in his eyes, that he is building something beautiful with your life, that he sees you and he says, well done. And when the enemy comes and he tells you that you're utterly alone, the Holy Spirit will guide you to the truth that says there is one that sticks closer than a brother. He is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And when the enemy comes and he points a finger at your past and he says you could never outrun what you've done, the Holy Spirit will take you by the hand and he'll point you against the cross and remind you that the price has been paid. Your sins have been forgiven once and for all. So the Holy Spirit wants to speak with you. He wants to hear from you, the real you, and he wants to guide you into the truth. But a question that I hear a lot working at church is, well, how do I hear from God? How do I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart? And I just wanna say, first of all, to let the pressure off, <laughs> there's absolutely no magic formula to get God to speak to you. He is speaking to you, he delights to speak to you. Our only responsibility is just to position ourselves in places to hear from him. And there's three ways I just wanna go over quickly to this morning, three ways that we can position ourselves to hear from God and the Holy Spirit in our life. And the first is through what many people call practices. Or in other words, it's just through finding quiet time and spending time with God in a quiet place. And in that time, you can read your Bible or you could read through a devotional or you could pray or you could just sit with God and, and think about him and be with him. But there's something incredibly profound that happens when we withdraw from the busyness and the chaos and the loudness of life and we just spend time with him. The Bible tells us to be still and know that he is God. And the Holy Spirit loves to speak to us in those still, quiet moments with him. You know, if this is something that you wanna do but it seems intimidating or maybe you have been spending time with God but you need a refresher, I just want you to know you can text Read to our phone number. It's 604-670-3040, it'll be on the screens. And we have all kinds of resources we love to give you, Bible reading plans, devotionals, prayer guides, anything that you might need to just kind of enhance and lean into this time with God. And the second way that we can position ourselves just to hear from the Holy Spirit is through teaching, through coming to church, through watching church online, through listening to the podcast. I can't begin to tell you the amount of times I've heard people say something, like they came to church, they sat down, Pastor Mike started to speak, and it was like he had read their journal from the week and was speaking directly to their heart and their situation. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's God speaking through Pastor Mike directly and specifically to your heart. Or people will come in to church and they'll be like, ah, I don't know how to even put words to this, but like, there's just something about being here that makes me wanna turn my life around. It just makes me feel like called to more. And that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Or people will come in and they're like, this is kind of embarrassing, but like I cannot stop crying at church. Like <laughs> the music starts playing and Pastor Mike speaks and I'm just overwhelmed with this feeling of just love and like I'm home, I'm accepted. And that's the Holy Spirit, he's speaking to you. He's telling you that you are loved, that you are home, that you are accepted. And the third way we can position ourselves to hear from God in our lives is just through others, through doing life with other people. And that's why we love small groups so much here at Southside. When we come alongside others just on this Jesus journey and when we share and when we're vulnerable and when we do it together, God speaks so profoundly through other people to us and through us to other people as well. 
So the Holy Spirit shows us that he's our friend by speaking with us, by guiding us into the truth, and all we have to do is just position ourselves to hear from him. And the second way this morning that the Holy Spirit shows us that he's our friend is by transforming us. You know, I think we can all agree that we're not exactly who we wanna be yet. We're not as confident and as creative as we'd like to be. We're not as patient and as calm and serene as we'd like to be. We're not as selfless and giving and kind as we'd like to be. We're not yet who we wanna be. We know we're not yet who we were fully created to be. But there's this beautiful truth found in Ephesians 3.20. It says, God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. When the Holy Spirit comes and makes a home and dwells inside of you, he doesn't sit on his hands. He gets to work. He starts transforming you, and he doesn't push you around. He transforms you deeply and gently within He puts you on this trajectory towards healing and purpose and freedom and he starts molding you into the person that you were created to be. And sometimes the Holy Spirit works through like breakthrough moments. You'll hear people say that they were prayed for and they were instantly healed of an illness or set free from an addiction. And I've witnessed that for other people. I've experienced healing for myself and we pray for those moments, those God moments of just breakthrough. But more often than not, The Holy Spirit changes our character, our behavior, our thought patterns. He transforms us slowly and deeply and gently within over time. That's why where you might hear somebody say that they were prayed for and they were instantly healed, you will rarely, if ever, hear someone say that they were prayed for and they went from just being a selfish, selfish, mean, arrogant person to just generous and calm and kind and loving. Instead, the Holy Spirit takes his time. Month after month and year after he gets, year, year after year, he gets to work molding us and changing us from within. And you know, this slow and gentle and deep yet profound transformation, it's really true of my own story. So I'm 30 now, some people don't know that I'm 30, so around 10 years ago, early 20s, I would say that I wasn't in the healthiest place and I was pretty far from where I knew that God wanted me to be. See, somewhere along the line, I adopted this belief that although I really did believe that God cared about who I was on the inside, I also believed that the world didn't care so much and that if I was gonna excel and succeed in this world, that I needed to play by the world's rules. And in my mind, the world cared mostly, if not exclusively, about appearances and about success. And so I made it up in my mind that I would come up with this plan, I would just look good, you know, be pretty, I would be successful, or at least appear successful at all costs, and I would just try my best to never be embarrassed. And so I got to work, I started caring really deeply about my appearance, I started working obsessively, took an obsessive approach towards school and towards my career, I rarely, if ever, took days off, and I approached every single circumstance with this perfectly manufactured plan. I tried to control everything to ensure that I would never be embarrassed. And I would say that I succeeded. You know, I was small, and I was cute, and I got good grades, and I was excelling in work, and I think I was well-esteemed by my peers. But my plan to succeed at life, it brought me somewhere that I never intended to go. It betrayed me. See, there's something that happens when good things in our lives become God things. 
And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with wanting to look your best or find meaning in your work or be well thought of by the people in your life. But when those good things become God things, you can find yourself in trouble. Because God is good and he is kind and he is your friend. And when you make him the Lord of your life, or in other words, when you just try your best to honor him and put him first and follow him, he always has you on that trajectory, a trajectory of healing and of purpose and of freedom. He's always molding you slowly and surely into the person that you were created to be. But when you remove God from that position and you put something else there, even something good, and when you pursue that thing and follow that thing and honor that thing at all costs, those things can lead you places that you never meant to go. You can find yourself as a shadow version of yourself and in bondage. And that's where I found myself. You know, my goal to be pretty and, and small and appear nice just, it brought me to this place of intense insecurity and self-consciousness and nothing was ever good enough. I was never small enough, I was never pretty enough, it was never enough. And my desire to succeed and excel in, in school and work at all costs, it just brought me to this place of workaholism and stress and anxiety and I could never get enough done. I could definitely never get enough done well enough. And my desire to never be embarrassed brought me to this place of social anxiety and isolation. I remember actually being terrified of one-on-one -on -one conversations because they were unpredictable. You didn't know what was gonna happen. I held my cards very close to my chest and vulnerability was borderline an impossibility for me. And I remember at some point I realized that this is where I found myself, that I was somewhere I didn't want to be and I was a person that I didn't recognize and so I tried to change. But then quickly I realized that I was powerless to change. I was stuck in these thought patterns, I was stuck in this cycle, I was stuck in these behaviors. And so many times I remember just crying out to God and asking him to help me. I was so scared I would never feel free and light again, that I'd never feel like myself again, let alone like a better version of myself. And so I asked him to help me and to, to set me free and to guide me. And now looking back 10-ish years later, I can see that he did that, that he answered that prayer. You know, I'm absolutely nowhere near perfect, but I'm so, so, so much more confident than I've ever been. I stress way less about work and I find so much more meaning in what I do. And you know, I'm relatively okay actually with embarrassing myself for the sake of human connection and relatability and growth. But when I look back over my life and when I try and find these big aha moments or these big powerful God breakthroughs, I don't actually find anything because the Holy Spirit has just been changing me He's been transforming me slowly and surely and deeply within over time. And you know, in those moments of desperation, I, I remember I made a decision to just try my best to follow God. Feeble attempts, but I, I tried. And through church and through others and through work and through external circumstances, through one thing after another thing, through one next step after one next step, he was transforming me. He had me on this trajectory, this path towards healing and purpose and freedom. He was molding me into the person that he created me to be. And I say all that because I don't exactly know where you're at this morning. Maybe you feel trapped in insecurity right now. Maybe you feel like it's just really, really hard to be vulnerable, to show your cards, to find connection, real connection with other people. 
Maybe you're finding yourself stuck in a cycle, in a negative thought pattern, in a behavior, in an addiction. Maybe you just really feel like you're so far from the person that you were created to be and you just don't even know what step to take to start moving in that direction and, and you've lost hope. And I just wanna say this morning, I just wanna tell you that you can take heart. The Holy Spirit is within you. He lives and he dwells within you and he is at work, he is transforming you. The Bible tells us that he who began a good work in us will carry it out to completion. It won't be through your strength, it'll be through his strength. It's not gonna be through his, your plans, it's gonna be through his plans. It might be borderline undetectable and imperceivable right now, but years from now you're gonna look back and you're only gonna be able to say wow. You'll be able to see how he was transforming you, how he was leading you, how he was creating you into the person or leading you into the person that you were created to be. So the Holy Spirit shows us that he's our friend by speaking with us, by transforming us, and lastly this morning, he shows us that he's our friend by always being there for us when we need him. So I'm gonna close with a story, and in the spirit of being okay with embarrassing yourself for the sake of human connection, it's a bit of an embarrassing story, and it definitely is corny and cheesy, but I think that it helps to illustrate a point, so I'm gonna share it. So I told you that around a year ago I got married, and over this past year or so, Henry and I have developed this tradition by accident. And the tradition is that when I get home from work, he always beats me home, he starts work earlier, he gets home earlier, blah, blah, blah. And so when I get home, he's normally always upstairs and we say hi, and he gives me a really big, really long hug. And when I say that Henry gives me a really big, really long hug, it's, it's more so for me than it is for him. But anyways, every day we give each other a hug and it's great, but then one day I went home and Henry wasn't upstairs and I didn't get my hug. And I don't exactly know where he was, I can't remember if he was working on his dirt bike or something, but I remember that I like chased him down, I found him and I was like, I didn't get my hug. <laughs> I don't think you understand, like this has become like an internal necessary battery recharge for me that I need to go on with my day. And we laughed and he gave me a hug and we just went on with our lives. But I remember even in that moment thinking how interesting that was. That something so seemingly small as a daily hug had become something so important to me. It had become this daily reminder that no matter what I had gone through that day, no matter how well I had performed, no matter how well I had related to others, no matter how I felt about myself, there was always someone there waiting with open arms, ready to remind me that they loved me without condition, just as I was. And as thankful as I am to have that gift in Henry, I remember even in that moment, just feeling like God was reaching out to me and tapping me on the shoulder and saying like, hey, I'd really love to connect with you in this way too. That every single day, no matter what I went through, no matter how well I performed, no matter how good of a Christian I was, or how good of a wife I was, or how good of a friend I was, or how I felt about myself, there was always this God there. This God that created me out of his own intentional thought and purpose and design and desire. This God there that saved me. This God there that loved me. And he was leaning in. And he was eager and just desperate to remind me that he too, loved me with no conditions, just as I was, and he loved me so, so much more than Henry could ever love me. You know, I think 
one of the most important things, if not the most important thing in our relationship with God, is just letting him love us. But we get it so backwards. I mean, I know that I do. We feel like we need to prove to God that we love him, <laughs> that we need to strive, that we need to earn it, that we need to prove that we're worthy of his love. But the entire foundation of our faith is that God loved us first. The Bible tells us that we know God's great love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we could do anything to deserve it, before we could do anything to earn it, God showed us that he loved us by sending Jesus. And every single thing that Jesus did for us on the cross was to bring us back into connection with God, the God who created us because he loves us. God loved us first. His love for you isn't a reaction to your good behavior. It doesn't diminish or get taken away when you do something bad. God loves you fully and completely and totally, just as you are right now. What would happen if we stopped seeing embracing the love of God for us as something that was selfish or something that was just too good to be true? What if we started seeing the love of God over us in a similar way to I see that daily hug from Henry as a significant reminder, as an internal battery charge, as something that we need to keep on going? What if we saw it as a foundation upon which we could build our entire life? What if we saw it as our identity? I am loved by God. You are loved by God. And you know, I don't know what makes you feel loved and approved of. Maybe you're not a hugger, and that is totally fine. But maybe you feel loved and approved of when someone just walks up to you and puts their hand on your shoulder. Maybe you feel loved and approved of when someone cheers for you at your sports game. Maybe you feel loved and approved of when someone looks you in the eye and gives you a big smile and tells you that they love you, they're with you, they're proud of you. Maybe you feel loved and approved of when someone just sits beside you and they're just with you. They just exist beside you and you know they're for you. Well, I know this is kind of cheesy, but what if we took time every day and we just had a moment where we pictured God supporting us and loving us and comforting us in that way? Because it would just be a glimpse. It would just be a little sliver of how much he actually really truly loves you. What if we didn't let the love of God for us be this distant thing that we kind of believe in, but what if we brought it close and we cherished it and we celebrated it and we basked in it? What if it became our everything? See, you're not God's minion. You're not his subject. You're not somebody that owes him a debt. You're not a distant relative that he finds kind of annoying. You're not a problem child. You are his intentional creation. He designed you out of his own thought and desire on purpose. You are the one that Jesus died to save. You are his beloved child. He calls you friend. And every single day of our lives, the God of the universe is poised and he is ready and he is leaning in and he is desperate to remind you and to remind me of this truth that his love for you goes first, that his love for you is great. It's unending. It's far greater than anything you could ever imagine and it's without condition. He loves you and he calls you friend. And so I'm gonna pray for all of us 
as we close, but before I do that, I just wanna take a moment of personal reflection. If you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes and bowing your heads. See, I know there's some people in this room or maybe watching online or listening to this podcast a month from now, and you haven't taken that first step yet of inviting Jesus into your heart, of accepting what he did for you on the cross. And maybe as I've been speaking this morning, you've just felt this tug and this pull and this longing inside of you for a deep connection with the God that created you. Maybe you feel this tug for a friendship with him. And the truth is that that gift is ready and it's available for you. God has brought you here on purpose and he's reaching out to you and he longs to be your friend. And every single thing that Jesus did for you on the cross was to bring you close. Everything has been done already. The price has been paid. You can be reconnected and reconciled to God. You can have a meaningful friendship with him through the Holy Spirit. And if that's something that you wanna accept today, if you wanna get set on this trajectory towards peace and freedom and healing and purpose, if you wanna ask Jesus to make a home in your heart for the first time, I, I just ask you to raise your hand and I wanna pray for you. You know, I can be kind of uncomfortable sometimes to raise your hand, but there's just something so powerful about taking an internal commitment and making it an external one, even if it's just for you, even if you're watching online and you're alone in your room, just ask you to raise your hand and just solidify that commitment in your heart. That's amazing. I just ask you to pray along with me in your heart silently and I'm just gonna pray over you. So Jesus, I come before you and I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. But I also recognize that you have done everything. You have paid the ultimate price for me. And I accept that gift. I accept that forgiveness. I thank you. And I wanna step into this plan that you have for me. I wanna follow you with my life. I wanna be your friend. I want to speak with you and be transformed by you and experience your love. I accept your gift of salvation and, and I accept this gift of friendship with you and I just thank you. And for the rest of us, God, I just, I pray, you know, it's, it's one thing to know that it says in your word that you have called us friends and that you love us unconditionally, but it's another thing to take that head level knowledge and make it a really personal, internal belief. And God, I just pray for a supernatural ability for each and every single one of us that you would help us to understand the depth of your love and your care and your friendship with us. Help us to understand how much you love us. And God, we want to be close to you, we wanna speak with you, we wanna be transformed by you, and we wanna know this love, and just, we pray that you would help us to do that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, we can celebrate that. Well, like I said, you guys, it has been an absolute honor being able to speak with you this morning. It's been so fun. And I just encourage you to come back next week. Pastor Mike is gonna be back live and I know that he has an incredible message to share with you. So take care, have an amazing week and we'll see you again next Sunday. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.